this morning, we'll be looking at what is the hope of the gospel. What is the hope of the gospel? Last week, we laid a foundation for this. But this week, we'll be specifically be focusing on what is the hope of the gospel. And we shall be approaching this from three dimensions, very broad dimensions. But obviously you know that there is so much within this that we cannot exhaust here. The list is inexhaustible. Well, maybe it is important to state clearly as we go on that the gospel does, off, does offer hope for us in this life and for the age to come. So whatever we'll be discussing this morning will cover that. There are great expectations that the gospel has given us concerning things that God will achieve in our lives here on earth. And of course, the greater things even in the world to come, in the age to come. But we need to hold the two together. Because there are those who all they know about the hope of the gospel is when they die and they get to heaven. Why is it is true that there's so much for us after this world? But the gospel does offer hope for us in this world. There are things God expects through the preaching of the gospel that we lay hold of here. Hallelujah. Let me start this way. Turn with me to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. In Mark chapter 10, Peter was asking the Lord a question. And in verse 28, the scripture says, Then Peter began to say to him, See, we have left all and followed you. Talking to Jesus. Verse 29, Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I said to you, there's no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels. I want you to take note of that specifically. 
who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this life, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecution and in the age to come, eternal life. I want you to also take note of that. But many who are first will be last and the last first. The same thing is repeated. The same passage is actually narrated by Matthew in Matthew 19 from verse 27 to 30. Exactly the same thing. There's only one little thing added there, which is why I'm going to ask us, I'm going to read that as well, Matthew 19. Just one thing added there. Jesus speaking in answer to Peter's question says, so Jesus said to them, as shortly I said to you, that in the regeneration, when the son of man sits on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Then he went on to say the other things he said earlier on that Mark recorded. You will see that even in these two passages, Jesus did not narrow the promises of the gospel to just the world to come. Did you see that there? Is this not clear here? He said, in this life, there are certain things, and you will see that, that he was talking clearly about restoration. So whatever you have lost, for my sake and for the gospels, you have the hope of restoration. In fact, he talked about it hundredfold in this world at this time, now. Then he then talked about in the age to come, eternal life. And he then began to talk about reigning with him in glory. So essentially, we have seen two parts to this. That's just the point I'm making this morning. That there are things promised for us here in the gospel, and there are things to look forward to even in the world to come, in the age to come. Hallelujah. Amen. You will discover that Jesus was saying this to Peter and the others as an encouragement to them. Because it was as if they were beginning to lose heart <laughs> in following what are we gaining from he, from this? What is you know, what is the benefit we have from all of this? We need the encouragement that the hope of the gospel gives to us in order for us to press on in our journey with God. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. You will see that little phrase there. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. What do you think that is talking about? Because it is possible for people to set off with great zeal and passion for God, 
But gradually, because of experiences of life, there's a tendency that they draw back because of discouragement. Are you following me? There's no one who cannot be discouraged except you have something to look forward to. It is hope that sustains passion for God. It is hope that sustains the enthusiasm that we have for God. Hallelujah. Because we must understand that. Otherwise, the kind of things that we will see at this time, we can, it's as spoken by Jesus Christ, even in that prophecy in Matthew 24, in Matthew chapter 24, talking about the things that will happen in the end time and the result of it. Look at what it says in verse 12. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold or wax cold, will increasingly become cold. Why do you think that will happen? Discouragement, a sense of hopelessness. What's the word? What's the essence? What's the profit, brothers and sisters? The hope of the gospel is what will sustain us to the end, regardless of the circumstances around us, even in this world. Amen. Amen. Have you, seen many, have you not seen many people who have gone back because of certain experiences they had? When they were once passionate, many of them have, they have preached this same gospel we are talking about. But they suddenly say, no, it's not worth it. There are many like that. And if you are hearing me, wherever you may be, you have become discouraged because of certain experiences that you could not explain. Please listen to this. As we're reading from one of the translations last we say, the future, your future is bright. This, the gospel offers us the hope of a bright future, regardless of current experiences, no matter how bad it is. That's what makes the gospel of Christ, the gospel of the kingdom, the hope of the nations. Even in perilous times. But look at what verse 13 says. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. Hope helps us to endure. Hope helps us to persevere, knowing that, like our brother quoted this morning from Psalm 30, I think about verse 5, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Do you see the hope there? So that it means a people may be passing through a night period of their life. But when they have the hope that joy is coming in the morning, 
No, go and explore the scriptures and you see so many things that will give you hope. This is not a storybook. Are you following me? This is hope-inspiring message from God. Even in the darkest hours of life, Hallelujah. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 19 says, if only in this world we have hope, we are of all men most miserable or to be pitied. But I want you to take note of a word there. I know we know that. If only in this world, that means there is hope for us in this world, but it's not limited to here. That's the point I want you to note there. Are you getting me? You didn't say if you have hope here or there. No, it, it is wrong. It's saying if only. So it's not limited here. There is something beyond here for us. But there's something here also for us. Hallelujah. Are you getting this point we are making this morning? And that's why it is important for us to explore this further. And I'm going to briefly this morning divide this hope of the gospel, you know, under three broad dimensions, uh, under three broad categories, three dimensions in broad categories. The first one I'll be talking about is the hope of total redemption the hope of total redemption. Complete, total, full redemption. The scripture offers it for us. Since the time man fell, God did not leave man hopeless. And there's no one who is not redeemable, no matter what circumstances you are in and you have been in. And I know many people will be listening to me who have never known that the gospel offers them hope from whatever situation they might be in, no matter how bad they have been. The gospel offers hope of redemption for everyone, in which is included salvation. Hallelujah. Amen. The first step into that is the salvation. In redemption, the first thing you come into contact with is salvation. Hallelujah. That no matter how bad it is, no matter how dirty you have been, no matter how far gone you have, there's a hope of redemption. That you can be redeemed. There are people who had gone far into courtism, into many different strange things. And when they had the gospel of hope, of salvation, 
they came out. I'm saying this for those who might never have thought there's a way out for them. But God has made a way out for you wherever you may be. For the scripture says in Psalm 130, in Psalm 130, the scripture has this to say. And I read. In Psalm 130, it says, verse 3, if you, the Lord, should mark iniquity, O Lord, who can stand? But there is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. So it doesn't matter the level of iniquity that anyone is in. Don't, don't write yourself off. The scripture says there is hope of redemption for you, in which is included forgiveness of sin that leads to salvation. Hallelujah. You will meet people as you go on who will think it's finished for them. Oh, I've messed up my life so much that there's nothing useful in my life anymore. Tell them there is hope. That's exactly what, why the, the gospel is to be preached. Go on now. Verse 5. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word, I do hope. Can you see hope? My soul waits for the Lord. That same word is hope, hope in the Lord. More than those who watch for the morning, who are looking forward to the morning, to the dawn of a, of a morning. Yes, more than those who watch for the morning. Look at verse 7. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is abundant redemption. That's what I'm talking about, about yeah. the hope of redemption. Are you getting me? That's what it all boils down to. In him is abundant redemption. The power to free people and release them from any bondage, any slavery, any enslavement, to whatever it may be. Are you getting me? Mm -hmm. The hope of redemption. Look at verse 8. And it shall redeem Israel. And any, any name and any nation can be there. Any group of people can be there from all his iniquities. Hallelujah. There is no single iniquity, transgression that God cannot redeem from. Hallelujah. Can you see how everyone is included in this? The hope of redemption. And when Jesus came, that was exactly what he came to fulfill. And you will know that the entire nation of Israel was looking for redemption, redemption, redemption. Turn with me to the book of Luke. The book of Luke. We did make reference to that during the breaking of bread this morning. But I'm going back to that place quickly. Can you see that? In chapter 1, verse 68, it says, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel. For he has visited and redeemed his people. In Psalm 130, we're talking about God shall redeem his people. And here we are seeing God visiting to redeem his people. Hallelujah. You can receive God's visitation today. If we have not yet experienced the redemption that is in God, that is in Christ Jesus, by the mercy of God, 
if you are listening to me, there's hope of redemption for you. All you need to do is to accept this and say, I'm not too bad for God to redeem me. I'm not too bad for God to receive forgiveness from God in whatever you might have done. The devil will tell you a lie and say, you are, you are too bad. Your situation is too bad. You can never experience salvation. You can never experience forgiveness. It is a lie of the devil. Even for those of us who have been working with God, maybe you have done something and the devil says it's finished for you. No, in redemption, iniquities are pardoned. If we can turn to him, if we can embrace this hope that the gospel brings to you today. Hallelujah. Verse 69. And has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Talking about Jesus. So that's why I'm telling you in the, redemp- in the package of redemption is salvation. Salvation from sin. Deliverance from sire and from the hand of Satan. Hallelujah. Verse 71, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Everything walking contrary to our becoming all that God wants us to be. That's what he's talking about here. Let my people go that they may serve me. Look at verse 73. The hope which is sought our Father Abraham, to grant us that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our lives. That is exactly what redemption promises us. That we can become holy, we can live righteous, and we can serve God. We can fulfill the purpose of God for us. Hallelujah. Amen. May the Lord give us understanding in Jesus' name. Redemption. Redemption. I can go on and on in that, but I'm going to take a dimension now. Okay, turn with me to Ephesians quickly. Ephesians chapter one. In Ephesians chapter one, There's something I want to point out there and then conclude that in Romans and see whether I can take the other two. In Ephesians chapter one, it says, and I'm reading verse seven, in him we have redemption through his blood, that precious blood of Jesus, as mentioned in 1 Peter chapter one, verses 18 and 19. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence. Can you see the abundance of redemption that is in him according to the greatness of his mercy? When Jesus came, paid the price of his blood, he brought redemption to us. That is the Payment necessary for everyone in captivity, everyone in slavery, to be released from their captors and their slave master. 
Hallelujah. I want you to go and study Leviticus chapter 25. Read from the beginning to the end. You will see this principle of redemption there, especially when it comes to the year of Jubilee. Jesus Christ is our kinsman. He has paid the price for us. What we cannot pay the price for. No one can pay the price for their own sin, but Jesus paid for it so that we can be free from captivity to the enemy. Are you getting me? From bondage to sin, even from bondage to ourselves, to self, to, to self, and to Satan. Hallelujah. Amen. All of us can rejoice in the freedom, in the liberty that Christ has brought for us by the shedding of his blood. And when you are reading that Leviticus 25, you will discover that it's not just people, it's not just people who are released, property, land. Another property are also to be released and return. People are to return to their inheritance. Redemption guarantees us a possession, a return to our possession in Christ Jesus, possessing what is ours in God. Redemption. Brothers and sisters, for those of us who have come to know him, there is still much more for us. Redemption only liberates you from captivity so that you can enter into the things that God has for you in him. If you think that is Old Testament, look at this same chapter, one of Ephesians. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, verse 11 I'm reading, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Verse 12, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him, you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, this same gospel that brings hope. In whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the, until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Hallelujah. So there is, we are redeemed, but there is something in redemption for us that yet awaits us. Hallelujah. Amen. We are redeemed for an inheritance in God. We are redeemed to enter into something in God. This is the reason the Holy Spirit has been given to us. Do you know the things that Jesus Christ has paid for you in Christ's for? The inheritance that is yours, it will take the Holy Spirit to open our hearts to it. The Holy Spirit is a deposit, it's a guarantee that these things are true and they're ours. Hallelujah. Both here and Hereafter. May the Lord help us to understand this truth in Jesus' name. Mm. I can talk about redemption for, forever. Do you know that redeem, even time can be redeemed? Huh. Yes. Time in God. Age is not a barrier. God can restore the years. 
that the locusts, the caterpillars, the palmer worm, the canker worm, they are fitting. It's part of the package of redemption. Amen. That what a man has lost for, for, for 50 years, if you look at that Leviticus 25, he can enter into it. She can enter into it back again. Redemption guarantee that if we take the whole, if we take hold of the hope of the gospel, we can possess it. Amen. We can possess things that we thought the opportunities we thought we had lost. Amen. The things we thought we had missed are much more so. There is inheritance. So in our redemption, is inheritance included. That's the point I'm making. I can't go beyond redemption today. So I'm going to narrow myself to redemption. So those of you who are thinking, maybe we'll still go to the other three, <laughs> other two. Don't worry. For this morning, I think I may just stay on this. Turn with me to something in this world and we'll conclude in about this redemption and the inheritance it guarantees for us and the purpose of God being fulfilled in our lives. Turn with me first to Titus chapter two. Titus chapter two. In Titus chapter two, talking about from verse, 11, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly loss, we should, be, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. Look at this. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'll come to that later. Not today. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem, redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Hallelujah. Speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one despise you. These are things we need to teach. He redeemed for himself. The reason for redemption is that God might have a special people. A special people. Zealous for good works. Look, these are not things that are going to be done in heaven. Our redemption guarantees that there is a fulfillment you can have in this life. Good things God has put in store for you, in store for me to accomplish in this life. Hallelujah. Are you getting this point this morning? That's our redemption. It's our redemptive right to serve God freely to do stuff, to accomplish things for him here. That's the hope the gospel offers us, that no matter how useless anyone thinks they might have, anyone thinks they might have been, you can enter, you can begin in redemption, you can begin to have fulfillment, purpose, fulfillment. Redemption brings us into purpose. Wow. There's no life that is purposeless. There's no life that is useless. That's what the gospel promises us. 
that we can become useful vessels in the hands of God for the accomplishment of good things, great things in this life. Except we preach this, how will people rise up to say, there's something for me. Even if they thought their life had been wasted, there is something for me. There is something for everyone in the gospel. Are you following the point I'm making this morning? Like I said, I'm going to be concluding now. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Another thing we see in the hope that the gospel gives us. So I've just told us that no life is useless. You remember Mary Magdalene? The Bible talked about her in Luke chapter 8 from verse 1. The woman from whom the Lord had, had cast out seven demons. But the Bible counted her among those who ministered to him. Do you understand that? That's the hope that the gospel gives. That someone who had been enslaved by demons could become freed to serve the purpose of God. What a hope. You will see many people out there, they just think their life is wasted. They just think there's nothing more good, there's nothing good again in their lives. This is the hope the gospel brings. Let's look at Romans chapter 8, like I said. Romans chapter 8. In Romans chapter 8, look at it from verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. Or when I talk about the hope of glory, we'll, we'll, we'll look into that. For the endless expectation of creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Wow. Again, under the hope of glory, we'll talk about that. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Even the entire, the entire creation. And you will know that. That's the cry of everyone. Where will salvation come from? Where will deliverance from this situation? If you have been in places that have been ravaged by war, that they, they don't even know how they are going to come out of it, you will understand what I'm talking about. Or by some natural disasters. But look at it. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. So in redemption, it is not only people that are redeemed, even creation ways to be redeemed, to be liberated from corruption. from bondage. Oh, if you know the price Christ has paid, you will see our relevance in our world. You will see our relevance to the world we live in. That nations can be redeemed. That lands can be redeemed to fulfill the purpose of God. That there is a place for the church, even in what is called, you know, uh, 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 what called solution to climate change. 
<laughs> you don't understand what I'm talking about. So that nations can fulfill the purpose of God for them. Look at it. For we know that the old creation groans and labors with bad pangs together until now. Not only that, this is where I'm really going. But we also, who have the first fruit of the spirit, even we ourselves, groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is sin is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Can you see what I was talking about all along? Redemption of our body. Liberation from the, from the limitation, restriction of this body. And that's why I was telling you, there is something redemption offers us here, and there is something, there is a, there is a, a realm of liberty that we can experience here. But there's also a realm of liberty that will experience even at the coming of the Lord. Hallelujah. So really, he was talking about we are redeemed in this hope. So there's hope of full redemption for us, even from the enslavement and the restriction of this body, which take us then into the hereafter. But there is a realm of glory, a realm of liberty of the sons of God that we must manifest here then the ultimate of it is when we are redeemed from this natural body. Hallelujah. Do you get it? So we are not just us to wait here and be, and be expecting when we get to heaven. There are things that we must manifest in this life based on the price of redemption paid. And there is a greater hope still of what will happen if the even after our full release from this body. Wow, what a wonder that is. May the Lord give us understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. Because there's an inheritance. I keep saying it, there's an inheritance for us in redemption to enter into. Both here and much more when we get there. And finally, I just read this and close. First Peter chapter one. In First Peter chapter one, I'll read these verses. Blessed be God, verse three, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance, incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God, through faith to salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So there is a salvation we have now, but there is a salvation, a, a realm of salvation that is yet Reserved. <laughs> Hallelujah. We are saved and we are being saved. I'm sure you have heard that before. Our salvation is working something bigger, something greater for us. According to what Hebrews 6 verse 9 says. So we expect of you better things concerning salvation. 
and then began to talk about hope. And I'm trusting the Lord that based on what Christ has done to redeem us, we will rise up in hope of the, possi the great possibilities here for us on earth and of the greater glory that is yet to come after here. I'll talk about the hope of glory another day as part of the hope of the gospel. But I think it's good to just explore this, to have just looked into this redemption as briefly as we could this morning. And we have been able to do. Just to steer up our hearts. To be enthusiastic, to be passionate for our God. He has redeemed us to purify for himself a peculiar people who are zealous, passionate to do stuff that are considered to be good works, even in this life. Bad on your heads as we pray together. Talk to God. Thank God again for the redemption that is ours in Christ Jesus. Just bless the name of the Lord. Thank him. Appreciate him. Give him glory. Give him praise. Give him thanks. For the things he has redeemed you for. For the things he has paid the price of his blood for. That you may lay hold of. That you may possess. Hallelujah. I'm thanking for the much more glorious inheritance that is for us even hereafter. Glory be to God. Go forth and share this with people. Let the hopeless know that there's something God can still do with their lives here. And let them know that the gospel even gives us much more even for the life to come. Amen. Have a great day. God bless you. Amen.